O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. put to shame because of me, O God of Israel. For zeal for your house consumes me, and the insults of those who insult you fall on me. Answer me, O Lord, out of the goodness of your love. In your great mercy, turn to me. In your love, O Lord, answer me, answer me. In your mercy, O God, turn and gave me vinegar for my thirst. The Lord hears the needy and does not despise his captive people. Let heaven and earth praise the seas and all that move in them. For God will save Zion and rebuild the cities of Judah. I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, 
The history of the suffering and death of our Lord Jesus Christ according to the harmony of the Gospels, part five, the crucifixion and death of Jesus and the burial of Jesus. Then the soldiers took Jesus, they took the robe off him, put his clothes on him, and led him away to crucify him, and he carried his cross. And as they came out, they found a man who was coming out of the country, Simon of Cyrene by name, who was the father of Alexander and Rufus. They compelled him to carry the cross for him and laid the cross on him that he might bear it after Jesus. And a great multitude of the people followed him and women who also mourned and lamented him. But Jesus, turning to them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For indeed the days are coming in which they will say, Blessed are the barren, the wombs that never bore, and the breasts which never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things in the green wood, what will be done in the dry? And there were also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. And they brought him to the place, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha, that is to say, the place of a skull. And they gave him sour wine mingled with myrrh to drink. And when he had tasted it, he would not drink. And they crucified him at the place Golgotha, and the two criminals with him, one on the right hand and the other on the left, and Jesus in the center. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And he was numbered with the transgressors. And it was the third hour when they crucified him. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And Pilate wrote a title, the accusation against him, the reason for his death, and they put it on the cross over his head. And the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Then many Jews read this title, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. Then the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, do, do not write the king of the Jews, but he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. The soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts, to each soldier a part, and also his tunic. Now the tunic was without seam, woven from the top in one piece. They said, therefore, among themselves, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be. That the scripture might be fulfilled, which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. And sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother, and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing, standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour that disciple took her to his own home. And those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, You who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also, mocking with the scribes and elders along with the people, said, He saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he is the King of Israel, the chosen of God, let him save himself, and now come down from the cross that we may see and believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the Son of God. Even the robbers who were crucified with him reviled him with the same thing. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine, saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other, answering, rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we, indeed, justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. 
And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. And it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood there when they heard that said, this man is calling for Elijah. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and immediately one of them ran, took a sponge, and filled it with sour wine, put it on hyssop, and put it to his mouth for him to drink. But the others said, let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come and take him down. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And again, he cried out with a loud voice, saying, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And when he had said that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. And behold, the, temple of the, the curtain of the temple was torn in two, from the top to the bottom. And the earth quaked, and the rocks were split, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Now when the centurion who stood opposite him and those with him were who were guarding Jesus saw that he cried out like this and saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly and praised God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. Truly this was the Son of God. And all the multitude who came together to, to that sight, seeing the things which were done, beat their breasts and returned. And all his acquaintances and the women who followed him from Galilee stood at a distance, watching these things, among whom were Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of James and Joses, and Salome the mother of Zebedee's sons, who followed him when he was in Galilee, ministering to him and many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. Therefore, it, because it was the preparation day, that the bodies should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs, but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. And he who saw it bore witness, and his witness is true. And he knows that he is telling the truth that you may believe. For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. Not one of his bones shall be broken. And again another scripture says, They will look on him whom they pierced. And now when evening had come, because it was the preparation day, that is the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a city of the Jews, a prominent council member, a good and just man who had not consented to their counsel and deed, who himself was waiting for the kingdom of God, for he was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, coming and taking courage, went into Pilate and asked that he might take away the body of Jesus. Pilate marveled that he was already dead, and calling the centurion to him, he asked if he had been dead for some time, and when he found out from the centurion, he commanded the body to be given to him. And Joseph bought fine linen. And Nicodemus, who at first came to Jesus by night, also came. And he brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds. Then they took the body of Jesus, which had been taken down and wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and bound it in strips of linen with the spices, as the custom of the Jews is to bury now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new tomb, which was Joseph's, which was hewn out of the rock in which no one had ever been laid. So there they laid Jesus. Because of the Jews' preparation day and the Sabbath drew near, for the tomb was nearby. And they rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. And Mary Magdalene was there and Mary, the mother of Joses, sitting opposite the tomb, also other women, 
who had followed Jesus from Galilee, and they observed, observed how his body was laid. And they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils and rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. Now the next day, which followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees gathered together to Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember while he was alive how that deceiver said, After three days I will rise. Therefore command that the tomb be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night, steal him away, and say to the people, He has risen from the dead. So the last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard. Go your way. Make it as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone and setting the guard. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. Deliver me, O Lord my God, for you are the God of my salvation. Rescue me from my enemies. Protect me from those who rise against me. In you, O Lord, do I put my trust. Leave me not, O Lord my God. Rescue me from my enemies. Protect me from those who rise against me. Deliver me, O Lord my God, for you are the God of my salvation. Rescue me from my enemies. Protect me from those who rise against me.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. At the end of Lent, we often sing, Calvary's mournful mountain climb, there adoring at his feet. Mark that miracle of time, God's own sacrifice complete. It is finished, hear him cry. Learn of Jesus Christ to die. But Jesus' death on the cross is more than an example for us. What we learn on Calvary is far more than learning how to die. We learn, for example, we learn how deadly serious God is about sin and its consequences. We learn that it was, in fact, our sin that God was dealing with on the cross. We learn what great love God has for us, that Jesus willingly suffered and died. And we learn that by virtue of holy baptism, his death is actually counted as our death, We learn how tremendously in debt we are to God. We learn just how much we ought to love him who loved us so. But we do follow him. And unless our Lord Jesus returns first, we will die. And so, we will follow him also in this. Not just that we will die, but that we might die like him. By this, we do not mean that that somehow our death will accomplish what his did. That could never be. We who have been crucified with Christ by baptism do not pay for sin, any sin, by our death, or by anything. That is finished. There are, however, I think four things that we can learn from the death of Jesus for our death. Number one, if you know that you will die, get your affairs in order. We heard about this already earlier in this season. We mentioned that earlier in regard to Jesus' activity in the upper room, getting his affairs in order. But now, on the cross, we see the same. We hear Jesus say, Father, forgive them. He forgives those who have wronged him. They didn't apologize to him or meet him halfway or even, they didn't even stop killing him. So it's not exactly an absolution for they were not penitent. But it is Jesus refusing to seek vengeance for wrongs done to him, to you, and commend it to God. We see Jesus making arrangements for the care of his mother to be cared for after his death under the care of the Apostle John, demonstrating that people are more important than things. He cares for his mother while his clothes are left to be divided and gambled for. Let someone else deal with that. Lesson number two, Jesus teaches us to lament. Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus laments his suffering and death. Now we understand that Jesus' suffering and death is unique. Not even the psalmist David who pens these words in Psalm 22 suffers as Jesus is. Jesus truly suffered hell. His suffering was worse than any other. And yet even though he is perfectly willing to do this, He does not pretend that it's okay. Jesus calls death what it is. 
It's a wrong, an evil, an enemy. It is not just a natural part of life. Death is an unnatural ripping apart of body and spirit. Death is as tragic to life as divorce is to marriage, a separating what God has joined together. The words that Jesus uses for his lament are from Psalm, from the Psalms, from Psalm 22. And there are many more, many other complaints and cries and laments in the Psalms for us to learn also how to cry out about what is wrong, to call evil what is evil. The Psalms teach us not to do this in unbelief or rebellion, but they teach, but teaching us to tell the truth. Teaching us that it is okay, it is good to lament, to mourn, to weep. Even the sun refused to shine upon the cross to shed light upon such a horror. Jesus' death teaches us to lament. Number three, Jesus teaches us to die in faith. Today you will be with me in paradise, Jesus says to the thief on the cross. Jesus could make such a promise because he knew where today, that day, was going to end. Even in his agony, Jesus said, today, paradise. And Jesus' final words, into your hands I commend my spirit, Again, our words from the Psalms, from Psalm 31 this time. And he's not denying the agony or the pain. Even for us, it does not deny the uncertainty of death. To pray as Jesus prayed is to recognize that my times, my life, my breath, my heartbeat is not in my hands. It never has been really, but finally by faith in the end, I learn it. I believe it. If not mine, if it's not in my hands, if it's not really in the doctor's hands, in whose hands is my life? We learn from Jesus, Father, into your hands. The heavenly Father who dearly loves, feeds and cares for his children, And even though you are dying, does this Father ever cease to love and feed and care for you, even to your last moment? It's no wonder then that the church has taken these words of Jesus and and made them into bedtime prayers. In what we might call the church's bedtime prayers, the, the daily prayer service called Compline, these words are, are used. It's why Martin Luther, who, who daily prayer, prayed the prayer office like Compline every day as a monk and then for the rest of his life, his final spoken words in his life were these. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Into your hands I commend my spirit. Into your hands I commend my spirit three times because that's how it was prayed in that service. And then in his evening prayer, in the catechism, he teaches us to pray, into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. You see, to learn to pray like Jesus at bedtime is to practice, it is to learn to die like Jesus. That is, in faith. And as we just sang, who dies in faith dies well. Finally, lesson number four. Jesus' death teaches us to rest in peace. There's another wonderful prayer from from that same Compline service. O Lord, support us all the day long of this troubled life. Until the shadows lengthen and the evening comes and the busy world is hushed, the fever of life is over and our work is done. Then, Lord, in your mercy, 
Grant us a safe lodging and a holy rest and peace at the last. When his work was finished, Jesus bowed his head and rested in peace. You also may rest in him. You may rest in his work for you, in his suffering and death for you. Jesus' rest in the grave is your true Sabbath. Demonstrating beyond a shadow of a doubt that you don't have to work for your salvation. You don't have to try harder to establish your standing before God or to earn your place in heaven. And you receive that rest from the hand of your Jesus. You receive that rest when you receive Jesus' gifts in his house on the Lord's day. That's your Sabbath. Jesus for you. And your work now, your work now is easy. Your work now is merely a debt of love that you may freely direct towards your neighbor who needs you and through your neighbor to the Lord who loves you. The yoke placed upon you by Jesus, he says, is easy and it is light. Come to me, Jesus says, and I will give you rest so that when our work on earth is complete and when this busy, crazy world is finally hushed and when our ears and our eyes grow dim, into the shadows we go to rest. Then may we also be kept safe and let my body have a quiet resting place within a Christian grave and let it sleep in peace. May our remains then be given respect and reverence and care to lay us to rest where we will sleep until our Jesus already risen comes to wake us. Our crucified and risen Lord is our life in both life and death. Whenever we contemplate Jesus' death, as we do tonight, as we will again next Friday, it is good for us to have our own in view. And more importantly, whenever we find ourselves contemplating our own death, whenever it might come to mind, whether that is in fear or news or the slow revelation of age, whenever we contemplate our own death, then may our minds immediately turn to the death of Jesus. For his death has conquered death. Because death has been destroyed. I need not fear or tremble. But with Jesus' victorious death always in view, I will learn to joyfully follow Jesus, even into death, and learn from him. Amen. We join now to sing the song of Mary the Magnificat using the hymn printed for you.
The Lord be with you. Almighty God, by your great goodness, mercifully look upon your people that we may be governed and preserved evermore in body and soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O Lord, look down from heaven. Behold, visit, and relieve, relieve your servant, Roland Tim, who's hospitalized, who stands in need of your, our prayers. Look upon him with the eyes of your mercy. Grant him comfort and sure confidence in you. Defend him from all danger and keep him in your perpetual peace and safety. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom come all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works, give to your, us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey your commandments, and also that we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may live in peace and quietness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.